It's time for the fastest hour of radio, Southern Race Week, with your host, William Barber. All right, race fans, this edition of Southern Race Week right here on your great racing station, whether you're listening to us on a radio station or on your uh, podcast preferred network, iTunes, Spotify, or whatever, we don't care. As long as you're tuning in, I'm William Barber, a.k.a. WB. And as always on Southern Race Week, setting high atop his pit box is none other than Alfie, the producer to the stars. Alfie, how are you doing, man? William, it is glad and a privilege to be with the hosts of the stars, William Barber. Uh, WB, glad to be with you again, uh, this week for another uh, jam-packed edition of this fine radio broadcast and podcast as well. The NASCAR boys are getting ready to head to Talladega in October. We're going to catch up with the track president, Brian Crichton, and he is going to be talking about NASCAR racing coming back to Talladega, and it is amazing because not only is there going to be race fans in the stands, but there's still an opportunity as we speak today for you to get a RV parking spot on the infield and some tickets in the grandstands. Again, that's as we speak today. Plus, we're going to catch up with short track driver on the dirt track scene, Jimmy Thomas. We've talked about Bubba Pollard, how he shows up at a racetrack that he's never went to before and wins Jimmy Thomas out of Columbus, Georgia, shows up. Jimmy Thomas shows up at North Alabama Speedway, never been there before, wins the race. And he's got some upcoming races. We're going to talk with him a little bit too. Plus, Alfie, I believe you catch up with Doug Turnbull again this week. That's right, from the Performance Racing Network to uh, preview the next round of the playoffs, uh, William, because as you know, we lost three drivers over the weekend at Bristol Motor Speedway. So now we're down to 12 drivers, and we'll preview all of that. Uh, coming up with Doug Turnbull here in just a few minutes. I'm Kayla Vinci from Fox Sports 1, and you're listening to Southern Race Week. All right, welcome back to this week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio along the far-flung Southern Race Week Radio Network itself. Yet again, bringing you another brand new week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio as we get set to kick off the next round of NASCAR playoffs as we lost four drivers. And now uh, we've got uh, 12 drivers that are going to be competing for the NASCAR championship. And to uh, kind of update us on what's going on in the world of NASCAR as well as the playoffs, we turn our attention to one of our favorite uh, announcers from the uh, Performance Racing Network. Ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome in turn announcer for for PRN and local special famous traffic reporter in the city of Atlanta. Ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome in Mr. Doug Turnbull. Oh, man, I tell you, that, that that is, like I said last time, that's worth the payment right there. That is that that is the payment for doing this. Uh, good to be on with you, Alfred, and, and everybody. Thank you for listening in. And, yeah, we've uh, not only had interesting playoff times, but certainly some big uh, silly season bombs go off this week, <laughs> including stuff of the schedule. So it's, it's been a busy one. 
I, fortunately, I mean, my traffic job is what my full-time gig is, but for the right. reporters that have to work stuff into stories as soon as they <laughs> happen, right, and write up things, I feel bad because it was about 7 a.m. Monday that the Ross Chastain Ganassi news came out that he's going to the 42, and then it was about 9, I think it was 9.45 p.m. I was watching a movie and got on Twitter and saw it about 45 minutes late, okay, but the news with Denny Hamlin, Michael Jordan, and, you, and them creating a team, getting the 13 Jermaine Racing Charger and having a Bubba Wallace as their driver. So for all those reporters having to scramble and, you know, maybe, maybe put that glass of scotch aside for a minute to throw that together, I feel for them. It's, it's, but it's been a very tantalizing week in the sport for sure. Now, before we talk about the playoffs and your thoughts as, as we get to the next round, as you mentioned, so much NASCAR news. And what are your thoughts on, I think the biggest news is Michael Jordan, Denny Hamlin joining together with, with Bubba as the driver. So with Michael Jordan being a part of NASCAR now, that's a, that's a huge, uh, a huge name to kind of broaden the NASCAR world to maybe an audience who are Michael Jordan fans, but maybe not NASCAR fans. So what are your thoughts on that real quick before we head to the playoff talk? Well, I think it's big. Here's the deal. The number one thing I think that NASCAR needs, it needs new sponsorship partners. It needs money flowing in and it needs new, uh, more, uh, not, not instead of, but additional ownership. So there, so I think having the brand recognition, the, the guy's worth over a billion and a half bucks, Michael Jordan, also combining with Denny Hamlin, who is a future hall of famer in, in my book, he's won enough races to earn that. I think to, to be, have those two forces combined along with what is sure to be though unannounced now, a Joe Gibbs racing partnership that that's going to be immediate firepower. And to add the guy that's probably become the second most popular driver in the sport, maybe the most recognizable outside of NASCAR circles of Bubba Wallace as their driver, that that's a big deal too. It, it, it settle it, it creates a new competitive seat. What it doesn't create Alfred. And this is why I want people to kind of slow down on the hype. It doesn't bring us a new owner. It brings us a new person, but what doesn't bring us an additional owner. NASCAR would be better off if it had Michael Jordan and Bob Germain. Just like it would be better off if it had two Spire Motorsports cars and Bob Levine. And instead, you're losing Bob Levine and Bob Germain and replacing them. Their charters are going to teams that are expanding or, or becoming new. But, but I also want to caution people for this reason, too. We have seen, and I'm just going to do them off the top of my head, okay? We have seen Hall of Fame racing. That was Aikman and Staubach. We've seen Herzog-Jackson Motorsports. That is the Reggie Jackson co-owned team that Jimmy Johnson used to drive for in Xfinity. We have seen Fitz Bradshaw racing in the Xfinity series before. We have seen Brett Favre, Mark McGuire, Dan Marino, Randy Moss, Heard of those guys? They've all been a part of NASCAR, and they were a part of NASCAR, a lot of them, at a time when the sport was on the up and up. This is a hard sport to enter, and it's not like the Charlotte Bobcats are the toast of the NBA, are they? I don't follow the NBA super closely, but I never see the Bobcats in the same conversation as the Lakers or the, or the Nuggets or the two right now, the Raptors and all that, right? right. So Jordan owns the Bobcats. They haven't done a lot. It, we just got to, we need to taper our expectations and be happy that there's a new facet in this sport, but not get so wound up about it and attach all these superlatives when they are announcing the creation of a race team 
with only a couple of months left in the race season and only five months before the Daytona 500. Very, I think that's a, a strong, strong statement there too. And I, I totally agree with you on that. I mean, people expect that he's going to come in and just dominate right away, even though he has Denny Hamlin uh, and Bubba's driver. But like you said, they still have a lot to prove. So we'll see how what happens over the next few years with those guys starting next and, year. And so. how much are they going to invest? Look, Joe Gibbs Racing has a factory of race cars, and, and assuming they haven't announced it, but assuming that's the partnership there, which by the time, you know, it may be the partnership. I'm sure that announcement will come very soon. They, they will be competitive race cars. But how, how much are we investing Okay, how much are we investing in the 2021 car when 2022 is around the corner? Everybody's going to be in that, that book, but if they're running slightly older generation Joe Gibbs cars like a Bob Levine, the Levine team did before, I mean, that's not – and also, I want to say, there are critics that are listening going, look at you already making excuses for Bubba Wallace. No, 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 I'm not. I'm saying that the hype that I see and read about social media and, the, and the, all the columns, I just wanted to – go from 65 to 55 miles an hour. Yeah. That's all. Look, Bubba <laughs> I'm not a Debbie Downer. Look, we know Bubba Wallace is a damn good driver. We know that. But it's, it's more than just a driver. There's a lot of uh, different uh, elements that have to go into it. So we can't just put everything on Bubba and, and Michael and Denny. We know there's a lot that goes into it, um, just like a football team. It's not sometimes just the coaches. Sometimes it's the players. Sometimes it's the coach as well. So we just got to see if all the variables fall into place because there, there is a, there is an a possibility of great things that come out of there. But at the same time, we got to give them some time to kind of, Hey, this is a whole new thing. This is a new team. It's not like you're, you know, starting, uh, you're moving to another car. This is a whole new entity. So hopefully I, if there's anyone who can get it done is, is definitely those, that trio of people who can do it. For sure. And hopefully Michael Jordan also remember, and I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer because this is exciting. It is more exciting to have a Michael Jordan owner than a Bob Germain owner, despite Bob Germain's success in the truck series and their long cup series career a couple years too. So, uh, you know, it, it's it just got to remember too, the Michael Jordan was in super bikes for, I think it was 10 years and won two races. Right. All right. It's not automatic that just because Jumpman is on the side of the car or that Denny Hamlin is involved in a team that they're, they're going to win. Uh, Kyle Busch moved to the Xfinity Series. Barely won any races, but I think he won one with Kurt, right? right. I'm just saying, just That's... everybody t take a step back and remember this is another story. And think about some of the things, too, and I, and I know we've had, got other things to discuss, Alfred, but think about – I'm trying to think of – Bob uh, Levine Family Racing, Joe Gibbs Satellite Team, instantly now they are playoff contenders. With Matt Benedetto and then Christopher Bell, no, I mean they weren't. Okay, the Furniture Row Racing was because they had, they had kind of ramped up to it by being an RCR affiliate before that. Uh, they, I've seen this thing where suddenly they're playoff contenders thrown thrown into the mix because of a new affiliation. It doesn't mean that. The good news is, is I have a feeling just putting this is just me doing silly season math right here. I have a feeling that a lot of the parts and places that were together, like Mike Wheeler being the competition director over at Levine Family, there are a lot of things that they may be able to copy and paste over with this new team. But we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, the future holds up right for NASCAR, so we'll see how that turns out. Real quickly, I know we, we're limited on time here, but let's get to the playoffs. we got Vegas, Talladega, Charlotte, the Roval coming up in the next three races. We lost uh, Benedetto, Blaney, Byron, and Custer. Uh, the last four. Now, uh, we know pretty much Kevin Harvick is pretty much locked in. Denny Hamlin's locked in. 
Uh, we got Chase Elliott in the fifth position. We've got the Bush brothers right there at the cutoff line. This is going to be, a, I think it's going to be an exciting and crazy uh, next round for the playoffs. Um, your thoughts over the next three races and the Bush brothers, do you think both of them possibly could be eliminated after the next three races? Well, they certainly could be eliminated after these three races. Uh, I mean, I guess I, I, I didn't have, I don't have Kurt Busch going deeper in the playoffs. I think Kyle Busch's team probably has more speed and giddy up than they have credit for than they get credit for. I, I think that when you saw how re- well they ran, finished a runner up to Harvick and Bristol last week. And I just think that there's probably more to that 18, even though they have a one. Kyle Busch, by the way, only got his second stage win of the year. Two playoff points. Wow. He got his second one at Bristol. That, that's crazy. I think Kurt Busch, that, that team is sunk. I don't see how they end up in the top eight, three races from now. But you mentioned these are wild card races coming up. Talladega, anybody could win in that. Anybody could fail at that, too. Yeah. There, but, but that being said, there are people that are better than others at plate racing. And I think of the Penske crowd i think even clint boyer he could he could go up there and suddenly impress there so you just have to it's hard to know these races are probably the hardest predict besides phoenix being the championship race itself so i'm not overly surprised with who he saw not make it considering the entire makeup of round number one but ryan blaney fell flat on his face second half of the season or that 12 team did not just blaney and I'm, I'm really surprised that they ended up in the position they were going into Bristol. But, but frankly, the way they've run, I'm not surprised they didn't win and make it. I, I, William Byron's a little disappointment too, but I had him right on the edge of not making the round of 12 either. All right, on the bottom four, we got Eric Amarola, Clint Boyer, Kyle, and Kurt Busch. Of those four drivers, do you see any of those guys possibly advancing? I think, I think Kurt – Eric Almirola, Clint Boyer, and probably Alex Bowman are my bottom four. Yeah, I would say Bush, Kurt Bush, that is, Boyer, Bowman, and uh, and um, Ogan, uh, and Eric Almirola. Sorry, I <laughs> blanked there for a second. But those are probably my bottom four. So I, I don't know exactly just yet. I mean, you just don't know. You go to Vegas, that's kind of a typical race. Joey Logano won Vegas back in March, and Chase Elliott dominated. Those are two guys that, you know, really did well. So we'll, we'll have to see. All right. Well, there you go. Doug Turnbull, the Performance Racing Network. He also has a podcast. It's available as well at uh, goprn.com. And the, uh, the social media handles, uh, the, Mr. Turnbull, where can they uh, follow you for all the latest NASCAR news and also follow your podcast? Yes, sir. So uh, best thing is just on Twitter. That's, that's the easiest, best deal. As uh, at Doug Turnbull, T-U-R-N-B-U-L-L, like a left turn and a male cow. So there you go. <laughs> is that on your business card? Is it? I, you know, I haven't updated my business card since 2008, so I, I need to. <laughs> All right. Well, there you go. Doug Turnbull on the Performance Racing Network. We'll talk to you in a few weeks when we get ready for the next round of the playoffs, my friend. Great being on with you, man. Thank you all. Thank you for listening. I'm JoJo Wilkinson, driver number 11 with the ProLite model from Hueytown, Alabama, and you're listening to Southern Race Week. All right, race fans, welcome back to this edition of Southern Race Week right here on your great racing station. Of course, all of your podcast applications as well. Uh, As always, IWB, uh, love it whenever my great producer sitting high atop his fit box gets us some great uh, and wonderful talent. I'm talking to professionals to bring credibility to this program. Ladies and gentlemen, the man in charge, the president, CEO, head dog, and the man that can get me backstage passes for the biggest race in the world, 
talking about the Talladega Super Speedway. Ladies and gentlemen, Brian Triton. Brian, welcome hey. to the show. Thank you. I appreciate that. That was quite the uh, the introduction. Well, Brian, I appreciate that. I feel like I might be a Chicago Bull and should be running out of the court right now. All right. Well, let's talk about uh, the the seats, the race fans, and the new world that we live in. NASCAR fans are getting a chance to slowly but surely get back into the track, and you've got an exciting race coming up. And tell us about that and what race fans can expect and how they need to get their name in so that they can be at the track. Yeah, I appreciate that. And, um, you know, coming off of our June event weekend where we uh, we welcome fans back to the uh, grandstands for the very first time, we had about 5,000 fans that were here. And was, yep. it really enabled us to build that foundation to grow upon. Uh, we work, obviously, very closely with Daytona International Speedway uh, and other uh, uh, racetracks that are in that NASCAR portfolio. Um, really enabled us, enabled us to build on that foundation. So this coming up uh, October 4th for the Yellowwood 500, we'll have about 20, 20% of our grandstands will be, uh, we'll have fans in it. And that basically goes to the social distancing. So we're, we're gonna be about 17, 18,000 fans inside of our grandstands. We're also for the first time since all this uh, COVID mess started, uh, we're gonna have uh, RVs inside of our infield. So we're a little bit over 700 RVs inside of our infield, which we're excited about. Um, and then we have about 600 RVs that are gonna be in our campgrounds outside. So. It won't be the Talladega experience that uh, that everybody has grown to, to, to know and to love, um, but we're taking those steps to get back there. So we're excited about where we're going to be uh, this October, and it's going to enable us to continue to grow uh, as we're looking into 2021 and beyond. Now, if uh, you just join us here, we've got Brian on from uh, Talladega Super Speedway. Uh, served as uh, many roles, vice president of events and operations and other tracks and everything. What, is there anything in you and you were the man behind the wheel, if I'm not mistaken, for like the 50th running of the Daytona 500 or the at the at Daytona? So yeah. what are, what are some of the super speedway seems to be your thing? It's kind of cool because there's there's a lot of connectivity between race fans at super speedway that like that like Daytona and Talladega that you don't have at the smaller tracks or the one mile track type deal. Yeah, I've been fortunate enough. I've had a fun run, as I like to say. I started off in minor league baseball, and so I worked for the Durham Bulls Baseball Club in Durham, North Carolina, where you learn to do everything. And so, you know, I put tarp on the field, helped to run the PA system, you know, whatever needed to be done, that's what you do in minor league baseball. And then I went to Chicagoland Speedway and helped open up that facility back in 2001. So lots of learnings from opening up a brand new facility. Uh, after four years, I transitioned down to Daytona and I was at Daytona for five years. And yeah, I mean, one of the things that, that we did and, and I was able to be a part of was the 50th running of the Daytona 500. And, and I look back on that and just what an accomplishment that was and just how cool that was and what it meant to the sport was just very, very special. Obviously just a massive, you know, group effort and team effort, you know, clear across the, the industry to put that one together because it was so, so such a special uh, landmark. Um, but yeah, a lots of different learnings from Daytona. And I've been here at Talladega now for 10 years. So this definitely is sweet home Alabama to me and my family. We absolutely love it here. I've had the great fortune to work with Grant Lynch uh, for those 10 years and uh, learn just lots and lots from him. And we'll continue those traditions as we're moving forward. Uh, as we get close to the end of September here, 
Is it too late for race fans to get tickets to the upcoming October race at Talladega? We do have very, very limited availability in our grandstands right now. We had such a strong renewal um, that, that, you know, from last October's fans that wanted to come back, they had first right of refusal for, okay. you know, the seats this go around. And because of that reduced capacity, because of our social distancing that we have to do right now because of COVID, mm-hmm. um, you know, they were pretty much uh, uh, snagged up by the, the renewals. Uh, we do have some uh, seats available in the grandstands, um, but we have camping still in the infield. We've got availability in the infield, so um, you can call our ticket office 877-GO-TO-DEGA. That's the number two, GO-TO-DEGA. And, uh, you know, talk to the uh, the ticket agents about what's available in the grandstands and what's available in camping inside of our infield, which is a, a great experience, and then also what's available outside as well. Well, October the 4th celebrates uh, my one of my best friend's 82nd birthday. And he told me that this might be the first time he get he misses a race because it falls on his birthday. But at the rumor lie and gossip that he wanted me to find out, that's a little segment that we do here on the show, is is there no free camping available this for this October race? We, yeah, we're not going to have our free campgrounds open uh, okay. this race, and it has to go back to the social distancing and just how we have to, um, you know, make sure that we're managing our property through these, okay. uh, you know, COVID times. Okay. And so that's why we do have that limited amount of uh, RVs inside the infield, uh, RVs outside also. Okay. It has to be a fully contained RV as well. We're unfortunately not uh, opening up our uh, our restrooms or our shower houses. So all the RVs that are going to be on property you have to be self-contained with your own bathroom facilities. Uh, and, and everything else to, 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 you know, get you through the weekend because we won't have those areas open just because of health department rules and regulations. Well, good to know because I know there have been many a times that I've been on the infield at Talladega Super Speedway and you would see a, a tent and then uh, you'd have a porta potty right next to it with a chain around it, you know, locked up and everything. <laughs> Just, yeah, we, we we actually are still renting personal porta potties. Okay, so if well, you want to rent a personal porta potty and bring your lock to put on that door, that's still available. Okay, but we're just not not opening our our restrooms, our shower houses for the weekend. Okay, we, they they will be open. Obviously, the the restrooms in our grandstands for uh, our grandstands, the guests that are coming in. But just for the extended stay periods, we couldn't open those up. I got you. Okay. All right. Well, as you can tell, I am a uh, true and true uh, diehard Talladega fan in the field, outfit, up in stands. It doesn't matter anywhere and everywhere. Um, the the racing action that you got coming up in October, what all racing series are we going to see? Yeah. So we're, we're, we're very, very excited. We actually have a triple header weekend. So this is a, you know, a first weekend since we moved ARCA actually out of the fall and over to the spring that we're going to have a triple header weekend. Awesome. So, you know, because of the, the, the COVID and, and the health rules and regulations, uh, they weren't able to race uh, the Xfinity series. And I think it was mid Ohio. So we were able to pick up that Xfinity series race that we'll race here on Saturday. So awesome. Saturday will be a double header. Uh, it'll be the uh, truck series, the Talladega 250. And then also it'll be the Xfinity series, uh, which is the Ag Pro 300. Now, we're not going to have fans in the stands on Saturday, um, but you can you know, catch those on uh, either FS1 for the Truck Series race or N- uh, NBC Sports Network uh, for the uh, Xfinity Series race. And then, of course, on Sunday, we welcome back you know, the cup drivers and, uh, and the, the playoffs here to Talladega. We're the uh, second race in the, in the uh, second uh, segment of the uh, playoffs, so we're excited about that. As you know, we're always known as that wild card uh, you know, in, in, the, uh, in the playoffs. So, 
We're yep. excited about them coming back, and it's going to be a heck of a race. I mean, it, you know, the race here in June, the, the Daytona 500, the uh, the, the races in uh, Daytona in, um, in in August show that they've got this super speedway package put together right. It's a lot of fun racing. It's a lot of three-wide, four-wide racing. Uh, so we're looking forward to the guys coming here and putting on a great show for the fans. This is Kim Coon from MRN, and you're listening to Southern Race Week. Hi, race fans. Welcome back to this edition of Southern Race Week right here on your great racing station every single week in and week out. We like to feature the drivers that are getting it done on the short tracks, the super speedways. Now, on the old Food Depot hotline is the man, the myth, the legend, Jimmy Thomas! Jimmy, welcome to the show, sir. Appreciate you having me. That's man, a heck of an introduction. Man, Jimmy, we, <laughs> hey, man, we, we love to have dirt track drivers on the show as often as possible. Uh, you know, each and every month we de- dedicate an entire show to nothing but dirt track racing. But, dude, you are doing what the likes of our, our good other Georgia buddy, uh, Bubba Pollard, is doing, showing up at a track that you've never been to before and winning the race and taking home the trophy. You just come off of winning your uh, race at North Alabama Speedway on your first ever trip to the track. What is that like, man, to walk in the door, not know a dang thing about a place, and come home with the with the trophy? To be honest, that's why I went Friday, so I could get a few practice laps. I got you. And, I got uh, you. Cool. And uh, uh, after the night was over on Friday, I said, well, we got a good piece. Uh, I said, I'll be happy with leaving here with a top five finish. Gotcha. And I'll be dang, we sat on the pole and absolutely dominated the race. And I was mind blown myself. I was impressed with myself, honestly. I couldn't believe it. Well, listen, Jimmy, let's tell folks a little bit about uh, who you are, where you are, um, you know, because you kind of got that Alabama slash Georgia connection. Uh, and we love it because you race all over the place. You race in Dixie, you race here, race there. Tell folks who you are and how they can find out more information about you. Like, when did you start racing? I started in 2009. Uh, I've been around racing my whole life. My family owned East Alabama Motor Speedway. And then uh, my family also built Gigolo Chassis, the first dirt late models ever was. Okay. So I'd been around it my whole life. And then in 2009, my dad said, it's time to go racing. And uh, he built me this bomber car and took me to the racetrack and threw my shield down and said, go make a hundred laps and learn how to drive a race car. So the thing that you could, the thing that you, the series that you're racing in now, you're coming off a win in North Alabama Speedway. What is the next race on your schedule? Um, I think need more Speedway this weekend. They're paying 4,000 win crate racing USA. So never been there before. So we're going to go Friday and make a few laps and see what we can do with them. All right, and now do you have a do you have a website? Do you have a social handle or anything like that that we can point? Facebook, it's uh, Jimmy Thomas Racing, or just my personal one on there, and that's about all I use. I feel like the website stuff is overrated now. Oh yeah, it is. It is. Trust trust me. That's why we have Southern Race Week. Facebook dot com slash Southern Race Week. Um, and that's what we use for the most part. This segment of uh, Southern Race Week being presented to you by Law Tigers of Georgia. When you're out riding on the highways and byways on your Harley Davidson or your Honda, make sure you got the Law Tiger on your side. Law Tigers of Georgia, uh, find them on Facebook. Jimmy Thomas on the old Food Depot Zoom line. Jimmy, going to be racing over at Needmore Speedway this uh, weekend. 
Jimmy, what is your favorite track to race at? Oh, man. I'll be honest. I think it's Dixie Speedway. Dixie Speedway. Yeah. So, so what makes Dixie Speedway, uh, for, those, for those race fans who have never been to Dixie, uh, what makes Dixie stand out so much ever, for you as a driver? It's just unique. I mean, the atmosphere there, the, all the people there, the history behind the place. Everybody in my family I know has been there and dominated, so it's kind of like special to me to go there and win races every time I show up. But, I mean, it's just you won't go to another place that's packed out like that. Yeah. At Dixie Speedway, for y'all uh, uh, folks that have been living under a rock and you're just joining us for the first time here on Southern Race Week, Dixie Speedway is a basically in Woodstock, Georgia, and you basically look for the fortune teller, the psychic sign, take a right, go down through there, and sitting back on about 100 acres yeah. is, is Dixie. It's in the back of an industrial park. It's in the back of an industrial park. Exactly right. In the back of an industrial park sets, uh, sets the Georgia clay that, that has been in many of movies, been in many of, uh, of, of, of production, TV commercials and everything else. They got some, for those of you who, who want to set in suites, they have suites available. Um, but you know, I, I gotta tell you, Jimmy, as a race fan sitting in the stands or as a former car sponsor, car owner, um, Dixie Speedway offers up the most excitement for everybody and anybody. Coming up in a couple of weeks here, Dixie Speedway is going to have motorcycle racing. What do you think about that at Dixie Speedway? I don't think I'm brave enough to do that. (laughs) (laughs) Guys got their knees an inch off the ground. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Well, listen, uh, Jimmy, if you could give somebody a piece of advice, um, about how to get started in racing and everything. You know, you kind of grew up around it with your family, building racetracks and everything else. What piece of advice could you give somebody who is trying to, you know, get their child or get their family member or their, they themselves, they're, they're 40 years old. I want to go racing. What's, what should they start off or what should they do? I'll be honest. The most fun I ever had was when I raced a street stock car. Yeah. And, uh, and- Pretty much, you get that thing right. You don't have to do nothing but wash it and put it back up and do a little maintenance. Start off in that and see how you like it. You know what I mean? So you're not breaking the bank right off, right out the gate like some people want to do. And right. just gonna have fun. The biggest thing is having fun and stuff. Because when you get to like the late models and stuff, the fun kind of slows down and it's more of a mental game and always trying to get better. And it's almost like a full time job with the street stock stuff. I mean. I should just go load it up and let's go have fun right quick. I got you. I got you. Well, listen, Jimmy, again, if somebody wants to find out more about you, uh, your Facebook page is what? Jimmy Thomas Racing. Jimmy Thomas Racing. All right, yep. well, Jimmy, listen, congratulations on your win at North Alabama Speedway, and good luck this weekend at Needmore Speedway. Are you going to? Are you going to head over to the Talladega short track and try your hand over there on October the 2nd? Uh, if I have anything left after this weekend, we're going to be there for Friday and Saturday. All right, then. Well, Jimmy, listen, man, first time guest on the show. Hope it's not the, the last time. Look forward to having you back on again, man. And uh, good luck. And uh, we will talk to you soon, brother. 
appreciate it, and thank y'all for having me. Hey, this is Jamie McMurray, and you're listening to Southern Race Week. Here on Southern Race Week, every single week in and week out, we give you a chance to win all kind of great prizes. Check out Southern Race Week on Facebook, facebook.com. Now, this is a limited-time competition, limited-time event. So, if it's over, it's over. Don't try to win it. But we've got tickets up to Dixie Speedway for the Law Tigers motorcycle racing action going on and next weekend. And if you'd like to win that, check out the Law Tigers logo posted up on the Facebook page for Southern Race Week. Like and share it, and you could be winning. If you don't, well, then it's too late. Another essential part of this of this program which is the, the podcast, which is available every, every Monday on uh, iTunes, Spotify, or SoundCloud. Go there, search for Southern Race Week, and you'll be able to find all our episodes from Season 1 of the Southern Race Week podcast. Also, on social media, you can follow us at SRW Radio. You can follow yours truly at Alfie underscore 19. You can follow our fearless leader at WB Radio Network. Facebook.com slash Southern Race Week is the Facebook page. And also the email address. If you are a up-and-coming short track driver looking to get some publicity, get looking to get your name out there, exposed to the vast audience of the far-flung Sun Race Week Radio Network, you can always email us at srwradio at yahoo.com. That's srwradio at yahoo.com. Leave an email, and we will get back to you. And, of course, I'm uh, always available for you folks on Instagram, at William Barber. And again, we thank y'all for tuning in. Thank you for telling your family, friends, cousins, neighbors about the show. And remember, until next week, y'all have a great one. We'll see you.